Hello, welcome to FreightWave's North American Logistics Tech Summit. I'm Danny Gomez, Managing Director of Financial and Emerging Markets, and today I'm joined by Matt McClellan, VP of Sustainability Innovation at Covenant, to talk about how technology is driving up net zero goals. Hi, Matt. Thanks for joining with, joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Danny. So I want to jump in right away, and let's talk a little bit about the new role that you're taking on at Covenant and how it's indicative of the culture at Covenant and how it marries with who you are as um, an avid outdoorsman, as I've recently learned. Gosh, that's a lot to answer in a quick uh, intro. Um, let's see. I'm the VP of Sustainability and Innovation. It's a new role at Covenant that we've created. Um, prior to that, my title was a little nebulous. It was innovation strategist. And so really what I did was I worked with the leadership of the company and different departments to look at technology and things that are happening in the industry, not so much just today, things that we could go out and buy, but things that were coming two, three, four, even 10 years down the road. And so a couple of months ago, I got together with a couple, um, a couple of the senior leaders of our company. We talked a little bit about how much customers were driving these questions, right? They were asking us almost on every RFP and every time we did a quarterly business review, you know, what are y'all doing to be more sustainable? What sort of technology putting on the trucks? What sort of things do you see in the future that we may need to start thinking about? And so really, Danny, to make a long story short, we created this role and gave me a really long runway to think about how we're going to be looking at this in the future. You know, you asked about me personally, it dovetails right in with a lot of the um, you know, things I'm just passionate about personally. I'm a big outdoorsman. You know, I'm about to leave, go on a big road trip out west in my van. I'm going to climb a mountain and bring my hang glider and I got my mountain bike and, you know, sustainability and just, you know, the definition being um, meeting our needs today while not um, preventing the needs of our next generation to meet theirs is really what sustainability is all about. And that's just kind of one of the things that uh, Covenant's really thinking about a lot right now. Pausing there for a second. Um... Do you feel like, so there's obviously a lot of this going on across the industry as well, right? Where many firms are naming heads of ESG departments. It's a fairly new discipline, at least in, at a large scale, right? There's been um, a lot of people who've been focusing on this. Um, how does it help having kind of that connection that you have on a personal level with just the environment? And um, I don't know, like when you look at your peers across the space, um, in this now newer um, forming ESG um, profession, um, what do you really hope to see in the peers and yourself as a thought leader in the space? Um, and what what brings you guys all together um, as you know as a collective? Because this is really what it needs to be, right? The problem is gigantic, and it can't be solved by one. Um, and it's a little bit different from a competitive perspective, right? Where um, not that you aren't cheering for your competitors all the time, but this is kind of a situation where we all need to be pulling for each other to be successful. Um, so I'd just be curious to see what your what your thoughts are on that on that dynamic and really the newness of ESG. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you a lot of some a lot of examples here. Um, first of all, you've heard the expression "a rising tide floats all boats," right? And so, you know, when I get together with other people that do what I do at other at other carriers and other 3PLs. Um, I was just on the phone today with um, my old boss at Kinko Logistics Group. This is a 3PL based here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. She runs their innovation lab. We're talking about automation, robotics. We're talking about, she was asking me a lot of questions about battery electric. I was asking her questions about hydrogen. You know, and we compete for the same customers, Danny. But these types of conversations are making us all better. 
I think it resonates with customers. You know, our customers, our shippers like that we're having these conversations. They like that these types of initiatives and ideas and really thought leadership is all being shared because, um, you know, again, you know, the environment is the one that we all live in. And I think they're all passionate about it. You know, companies have their own ESG, CSR goals. And I guess we can talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, and they're looking to us as individuals, but also as an industry to help them meet some of those goals. Um, I told you I'd give you another example. Um, there are about 15 fleets on Daimler's uh, Freightliner's um, Battery Electric Council. We get together several times a year. We talk about the latest on their roadmap, what they're doing. They ask us questions about, do you think the driver would like this? Should the charging port be on this side or should it be on that side? Or is this too much technology concentrated on this panel? And so we're constantly working together as a group to help sort of answer these questions. Um, and, and it's a lot of fun. You know, I've got a couple of these uh, ESG CSR folks at um, some of the other carriers. I wouldn't call them my favorites, my speed dial, but they're people I talk to every you know couple of weeks. Can you can you describe CSR for those of who aren't as familiar with the terminology? Yeah, so uh, corporate social responsibility. Um, so you, you hear that term a lot, Danny, and you hear ESG, which is environmental social governments. And you know, we could get together, have a cigar, and debate if they're the same or are they different. But to me, they're different. CSR, corporate social responsibility, is your company's philosophy into how you're looking at balancing profit with your approach to the environment, your approach to your people, and your approach to the communities in which you operate. And it's more or less a kind of a 50,000-foot overview, how you're looking at everything from, say, supplier procurement guidelines, or how you're looking at long-term goals and initiatives as it relates to your efforts on decarbonization. Um, ESG gets more specific, right? It gets to specific goals, specific dates, and to some extent, sort of specific ways on how you're going to get there. Investors today um, hold custom, hold companies um, that, you know, they call them to the carpet. And if you're going to set an ESG goal, you better meet it. And so I think companies need to really think about having these, but they also need to be very intentional that if you're going to claim it, you better start working towards it. No, I think you're you're spot on. Um, there's a lot of um, words of wisdom in, you know, in being careful with what you put out. I, I remember hearing a story from someone recently who said, um, you know, whatever company they were referring to had set some EV goals for themselves to be 100% EV by a certain date. But the person who was trying to advise them said, hey, look, there, there might be some other um, near term or even more effective solutions than EV, right? Understand the landscape. And that kind of brings me to my next question. Um, you know, sustainability and technology have a very strong intersection. And, you know, as as you mentioned, there's the near-term stuff, there's the medium-term stuff, and there's a, the longer-term stuff that companies can be doing to, to meet these goals and, and thinking about even setting the goals. As you look at the landscape of existing technologies that you can implement and further down the road um, that are at maybe experimental or still in, uh, in testing or development stage, can you just describe that spectrum and how you as a professional who's, you know, you know, advising internally Covenant on that existing technology that can help to reduce emissions and balancing that with what is in, in the future and how you, I'm not saying you're picking winners, but you're trying to assess what are the best technologies to put your resources and investments behind or to start to think about strategizing of implementing internally at Covenant or even pushing across the 
the industry at large. Um, can you just describe that kind of that continuum and how you see it? So, you know, for me, it all starts out with with research. You know, every day I start with, a, you know, a cup of coffee in the Wall Street Journal. In fact, today there's this big article on, you know, companies um, are going big on ESG. I go, Danny, to the Consumer Electronics Show. I go to all the trucking trade shows that make sense. Um, I'm looking forward to this one coming up um, in August, ACT Expo, Alternative Clean Transportation. And you're learning about things that are available today, and you're meeting vendors and learning about the roadmap for the future. And all of us are going to the same shows, Danny, right? And we're all meeting each other. We're hanging out at night. We're having meals together. Carriers, vendors, it's a great way to meet and network and find out what's going on next. And so, you know, I'll tell you a couple of things that we're doing in the short term and a couple of things we're thinking about long term. And really, as, a, as, as Covenant's VP of, of Sustainability Innovation, it's probably not all that different than what some of the other options are for our competitors. So, for example, um, electric APUs. This is the easiest way to throw technology at the reduction of idle time, right? Reduction of idle time, fuel savings, CO2 savings. It's an easy, it, it's expensive technology, but it also has advantages to driver recruitment, retention. It's a great way to spend money to reduce idle time. Um, Another example would be that's available today, but it's kind of on the edge because it still needs to go a little bit further, is battery electric. You can go out and buy a battery electric truck today. Uh, there's a lot of problems with it. There's range limitations. There's charging limitations. But you could go out and spend money on that technology today, and you could achieve some of your ESG, CSR, sustainability goals that you and your, your customer have. And then longer term, things like Hydrogen, things like autonomous vehicles. If you're in the 3PL business, there are there's drone technology that's you're constantly doing cycle counts without human piloting of the drone. Um, you see just these really forward-thinking companies, people doing drone delivery of fast food. I've met some interesting people at some of the freight wave summits that we've had, which by the way, I'm looking forward to future of freight. But you're gonna be there, right? Yeah, that'll be a big in, in, one. In November of this year. Yeah, I really can't wait. But, you know, you go to things like this, you meet people that are doing really interesting things that seem so far out in the future, but it's really going to be here before you know it. It is interesting. And not that people are um, bad at forecasting their strategies, but really this is taxing everyone across the industry to really be forward thinking and to start to to layer in some of these technologies. How, when is the right time to bring them on? To keep Which ones are you supposed to be keeping an eye on? Um and really just start to plan for the future. As you have started to do this inside a covenant, you know, what are some both internal and external benefits that you've already started to see, whether it's across the employee base or just the, you know, the stakeholders internally, as well as with your, um, with your customer base? You know, um, it's interesting. We do things that make sense for our customers. I know that sounds ridiculously simple, right? But we could, be thinking about some of those Ford leading edge carbon reduction technologies, but they could be so expensive that we wouldn't be able to find a customer to help us work through that. For example, right now, uh, a class eight truck is about two and a half times the price of a regular diesel truck. And so let's just assume for a second that you have a customer where that class eight trucks 150 mile range is well inside of the duty cycle. Well, if I put a quote in front of that customer, that's three times the price of the diesel quote, if they're going to choose the diesel quote every time, then I really can't make that investment, right? Because I'm not going to lose money. So, you know, these are, you know, so finding customers that are really wanting to work with you, to partner with you. And here in the beginning, Danny, 
you know, we're really early stage in a lot of this. And so, you know, you find a customer that's really willing to work with you, like, hey, I'll build the charging station if you provide the truck. You know, there's a lot of negotiation um, that, um, that, that can take place. And so really that is the biggest thing that keeps us from just plowing forward ahead because right now this stuff is not inexpensive, but it will be one day. And um, there's a lot to look forward to. Do you think, um, you know, when I, when I joined FreightWave, and this was only six weeks ago, Craig and I had a really deep conversation about, you know, incentivizing the participants in the marketplace to, to invest in technology and, you know, what could freight waves do or what should um, people be doing in general to, to make those um, incentives? Do you think there's enough incentives in place to spur the right level of innovation? And do you think that there's enough knowledge or transparency in the programs that are available today? For instance, I think you and I spoke about EV charging stations, right? If, you know, if you're, if you have a, if you if you have a fleet and you're charging your own vehicles, maybe there are some incentives out there for the charging activity that takes place just for your own fleet. Um, do you think that there's enough transparency and enough um, enough incentive out there to, to to fuel the investments? You know, that's a great question, and we should you should have me back. We could do a whole talk on this. <laughs> but I think that um, you know I'm a little bit of a libertarian, you know, sort of politically, and and definitely a capitalist, and Although that's true, some of our greatest problems have been solved with government help, with government incentives. If you go back and you look at the history of aviation, it, without government investment, that never would have happened. So consumer aviation would never be where it is today. And so this, your, the answer to your question, I think, right now in the short term, there's going to have to be a lot of incentives and a lot of government assistance in order for this to take off. I mean, just look at the, the new Biden administration Buttigieg and, and some of these, um, you know, goals and objectives have come out for infrastructure. I mean, they're going to, in order to meet this, some of these really aggressive decarbonization goals, um, you know, Gavin Newsom wants to have no, uh, all new cars by 2035 in the state of California to be electric. You know, in order for this stuff to take place, you're going to have to have some government intervention, government regulation. And that's not a bad thing. You know, my, you know, my, Really conservative friends might shoot me for saying that, but <laughs> it's not it's not a bad thing. And, you know, they're just the government's in a unique position to help us get there. And so I don't think that we should go out and, you know, Congress should take out a trillion dollar spending package specifically to help prop up hydrogen and electric. But we've got to do something, you know. And so I think that um, um, that that's probably the best way that I would answer that question is, yeah, we need help because we can't afford to do it right now on our own. Well, Matt, this has been amazing. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, I'm excited to watch what you will do at Covenant, really what you'll do for the industry. I think um, we're better off having you um, on the task as well. And so um, I'll say, see if you want to have any parting words. And um, you know, I really appreciate you uh, joining us today. Yes. Yeah, so um, I, I just want to say I've really enjoyed watching some of these FreightWave events that y'all you've done online. I've connected with several of your speakers. And um you know, we um, one of your speakers kind of inspired me. Um, we're just about to release our first corporate social responsibility report. I think I told you about that earlier. And uh, uh, I, in fact, I met Rachel Schwabach. You know, she's the VP of ESG at, at CH Robinson, and she's been a great person to talk through ideas. And we, we, we scheduled a 15 minute conversation, turned into an hour and a half, not just because we're both passionate about CSR, but she's a rock climber. And 
I'm a kayaker and a hang glider. So, you know, we, we have that in common as well, but I love the, um, the networking and just the rising, all the conversations that we have at events like future of freight. And so I'm really looking forward. I know it sounds like you've given me a request for a plug, but come to future of freight <laughs> in Chattanooga where I live and, um, in November of this year. And Matt, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to connect? Oh, you can find me on our website, uh, M. McClellan at covenantlogistics.com. You can follow you can follow my adventures on Instagram at Chad Devan. You can uh, find me on LinkedIn. There's a lot of ways to track me down. Well, this has been great. Thanks so much, Matt. All right. Thanks, Danny. Have a good one.